0: Good morning. This is Alan Carroll at Carroll Pharmacy in Smithfield, and we are proud to bring you Hope for Today, a program we hope might help you, inspire you, or encourage you and give you hope for today.
1: My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and
0: righteousness. Safe in the arms of Jesus, safe on His gentle breast, there by His love shaded, sweetly my soul shall rest. Hark, tis the voice of angels, born in a song to me, over the fields of glory, over the jasper sea. Safe in the arms of Jesus, safe from corroding care, safe from the world's temptations, sin cannot harm me there. Free from the blight of sorrow, free from my doubts and fears, only a few more trials, only a few more tears. Jesus, my heart's dear refuge, Jesus has died for me firm on the rock of ages, ever my trust shall be. Here let me wait with patience, wait till the night is o'er, wait till I see the morning break on the golden shore. Many of you will recognize these words I just read as from the hymn, Safe in the Arms of Jesus. The first time I ever heard that hymn was when I went to George Beverly Shay's funeral. Now, I don't mean that I literally attended the service in person, but I took my phone off the hook so I would not be disturbed and sat down and watched the entire service on television on Sunday afternoon, April 21, 2013. As it turned out, Mr. Shea sang many hymns at his own funeral, by recording, of course. The very first hymn that the family entered the sanctuary to was Safe in the Arms of Jesus. What a beautiful hymn it was and is. Of course, after I heard it that day, I had to look it up in an old hymn book and learn to play it. I have thought of the words many times over these last years, especially when I hear of someone's child or grandchild passing away. It is a comforting thought to know that our little ones or big ones are now safe in the arms of Jesus. I decided to look up that hymn again this week, and I noticed for the first time that it was written by one of my favorite hymn writers, Fanny Crosby. So I decided to do a little research on Ms. Crosby and some of her most famous hymns and tell you a little something about her life and the hymns that she wrote. I'm going to be reading part of her biography from Wikipedia, that's online and the One Year Christian History book by Michael and Sharon Rustin. Frances Jane Van Alstine, born Crosby, more commonly known as Fanny Crosby, was an American mission worker, poet, lyricist, and composer. Crosby was proud of her Puritan heritage. She traced her ancestry from Anna Bingham and Simon Crosby, who arrived in Boston in 1635 and was one of the founders of Harvard College. Singer Bing Crosby was one of her relatives. A member of the Sixth Avenue Bible Baptist Church in Brooklyn, New York, she wrote many hymns together with her pastor, Robert Lowry. She was one of the most prolific hymnists in history, writing almost 9,000 hymns and gospel songs with over 100 million copies printed, despite being blind from shortly after birth. Crosby was committed to Christian rescue missions and was known for her teaching and her public speaking. By the end of the 19th century, she was a household name. Fanny Crosby was born in 1820 in Putnam County, New York. When she was just six weeks old, she caught a cold that caused inflammation in her eyes. When her parents called their family doctor, he was not at home, and someone else came in his place. This stranger recommended that hot poultices be placed on her eyes, which tragically resulted in the loss of her eyesight. As news spread about her blindness, the man quickly left town and was never heard of again. Misfortune continued to follow the family as death claimed Fanny's father when she was but one year old. She was raised by her mother, Mercy, and her maternal grandmother, Eunice. Those two women grounded Fanny in Christian principles. When her grandmother first heard of Fanny's blindness, she said, Then I will be her eyes. She became an important part of Fanny's life, spending hours describing flowers, birds, and beautiful sunsets to the little girl. Another important person entered Fanny's life when she was nine years old, a Mrs. Hawley, who schooled her in poetry and the Bible. Miss Hawley was helping Fanny memorize the entire Bible. Every week, the child was given a certain number of chapters to learn, and Mrs. Hawley drilled them during the review sessions they held together. Fanny learned by heart all of Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, plus the four Gospels, most of the Psalms, all of the Proverbs, and many portions of the rest of the Bible. When Fanny was 15, she entered the Institution for the Blind in New York City. She studied there for seven years and then returned to teach at the school for 11 years. While a student there, she developed her talent for writing verse. She was never proficient in Braille, but rather depended upon her phenomenal memory. She composed and edited poems in her head. In the fall of 1850, revival meetings were being held at the 30th Street Methodist Church in New York City. Fanny and some of her friends went every night. Twice she went forward at the altar call, but could not find the peace and joy she craved. On November twentieth, 1850, Fanny went forward for a third time, all by herself. The congregation was singing the old Isaac Watts hymn, Alas, and did my Savior bleed. When they reached the last line of the last verse, Here, Lord, I give myself away, Fanny was filled with joy and shouted Hallelujah. She had given herself to her Savior. She fell in love with Alexander Van Alstyne, a blind musician she met at the School for the Blind. They married when she was 38 and had one child who died in infancy. Fanny kept her maiden name, which was unusual for the times, and was referred to as Mrs. Crosby for the rest of her life. Fanny did not start writing hymns until 11 years after her conversion, but then became one of the most prolific hymn writers in history. I did the math on that, so she was about 41 years old when she started writing hymns. She wrote nearly 9,000 hymns before her death in 1915. Her well-known hymns include Blessed Assurance, Rescue the Perishing, Jesus, Keep Me Near the Cross, Pass Me Not, Praise Him, Praise Him, Saved by Grace, and To God Be the Glory. Approximately 60 of her hymns are still in common use. In addition to her hymn writing, Fanny Crosby was a popular speaker and traveled throughout the world. She went to the White House as guest of Presidents John Quincy Adams, John Tyler, Andrew Johnson, and Grover Cleveland. Her friends included many famous people, such as Horace Greeley, Henry Clay, and Jenny Lynn. In spite of her fame, Fanny never missed an opportunity to present the gospel message to anyone who would listen. Crosby set a goal of winning one million people to Christ through her hymns. And whenever she wrote a hymn, she prayed it would bring women and men to Christ. And she kept careful records of those reported to have been saved through her hymns. Fanny Crosby never wanted sympathy because of her blindness. When a minister once expressed regret that God had not given her the gift of sight, her reply was, It seemed, intended by the blessed providence of God, that I should be blind all my life, and I thank Him for the dispensation. If perfect earthly sight were offered me tomorrow, I would not accept it. I might not have sung hymns to the praise of God if I had been distracted by the beautiful and interesting things around me. She also once said, When I get to heaven, the first face that shall ever gladden my sight will be that of my Savior. When asked about her blindness, Crosby was reported as saying that, had it not been for her affliction, she might not have so good an education or have so great an influence and certainly not so fine a memory. In the Reflections part at the end of Fanny Crosby's story, the question is, is there something about your appearance or your abilities that you would like to change? Fanny Crosby accepted herself just as she was, and God was able to use her mightily. What we see as limitations in our lives aren't limitations to God. The verses cited there are from John chapter 9, verses 1 through 3. As Jesus was walking along, he saw a man who had been blind from birth. Teacher, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Jesus answered, he was born blind so the power of God could be seen in him. And certainly, the power of God was seen through the hymn writing of Fanny Crosby. I will now read you some of the background of Fanny Crosby's most well-known hymns from books that Robert Morgan has written about famous hymns and the stories behind them. And the names of his books are Then Sings My Soul. The first one, on March the 5th, 1858, Fanny Crosby quietly married Alexander Van Alstine. A year later, the couple suffered a tragedy that shook the deepest regions of Fanny's heart. She gave birth to a child no one knows if it was a boy or a girl. In later years, she never spoke about it except to say in her oral biography, God gave us a tender babe, and soon the angels came down and took our infant up to God and His throne. And I read in some of the other things that I was reading in the last few days that they think that the child probably had sudden infant death syndrome or perhaps typhoid fever. One of Fanny's relatives, Florence Payne, lived with the poet for six years and could never get Fanny to talk about this. Child's death seemed to have devastated her, and she privately bore the sadness all her life. Years later, on April 30th, 1868, Musician Howard Doane knocked on the door of Fanny's apartment in Manhattan. I have exactly 40 minutes, he said, before I must meet a train for Cincinnati. I have a tune for you. See if it says anything to you. Perhaps you can commit it to memory and then compose a poem to match it. He then hummed the tune. Fanny clapped her hands and said, Why, that says, safe in the arms of Jesus. She retreated to the other room of her tiny apartment knelt on the floor and asked God to give her the words quickly. Within half an hour, she had composed the poem in her mind and dictated to Doan, who dashed off to catch his train. During her lifetime, Safe in the Arms of Jesus was among the most widely sung of Fanny's hymns, and she considered it in a class by itself. She claimed it was written for the bereaved, especially for mothers who had lost children. Often when comforting a grief-stricken mother, she would say, Remember, my dear, your darling cherub is safe in the arms of Jesus. Rev. John Hall of New York's Fifth Avenue Presbyterian Church told Fanny that her hymn had given more peace and satisfaction to mothers who have lost their children than any other hymn I have ever known. It isn't hard to understand why. Safe in the arms of Jesus, safe on His gentle breast, there by His love o'ershaded, sweetly my soul shall rest. While visiting this friend, Howard Doane, in Cincinnati, Fanny Crosby was asked to speak to a group of blue-collar workers. Near the end of her address, she had an overwhelming sense that some mother's boy before her must be rescued that night or not at all. She mentioned this to the crowd, pleading, If there is a dear boy here tonight who has perchance wandered away from his mother's home and his mother's teaching, would he please come to me at the close of the service? Afterward, a young man of about 18 approached her. Did you mean me? he asked. I promised my mother to meet her in heaven, but the way I had been living, I don't think that will be possible now. Fanny had the joy of leading him to Christ. Returning to her room that night, all she could think about was the theme, Rescue the Perishing. And when she retired that night, she had written the complete hymn. The next day, Howard Doane wrote the music, and it was published the following year in his hymn book, Songs of Devotion. Many years later, Fanny was speaking at the YMCA in Lynn, Massachusetts, and she recounted the story behind Rescue the Perishing. After the service, a man approached her, his voice quivering. "Miss Crosby, he said, I was that boy who told you more than 35 years ago that I had wandered from my mother's God. That evening you spoke. I sought and found peace, and I have tried to live a consistent Christian life ever since. If we never meet again on earth, we will meet up yonder. He turned and left, unable to say another word. But Fanny later described it as one of the most gratifying experiences of her life. This song served as a prelude to Fanny Crosby's second career. About age 60, she began working in downtown rescue missions, spending several days a week in lower Manhattan, witnessing to the down and out. Despite her fame as a hymn writer, she chose to live in near poverty in New York's ghettos, for she felt a calling to minister to the needy. Just a few blocks from her little tenement apartment was the Bowery, a haunt for alcoholics and where every kind of vice flourished. There, Fanny would go day after day to rescue the perishing. And I'm going to read you the first verse of that. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Snatch them in pity from sin and the grave. Weep, O the erring one. Lift up the fallen. Tell them of Jesus, the mighty to save. Rescue the perishing, care for the dying. Jesus is merciful. Jesus will save. Francis Ridley Habergau and Francis Fanny Crosby never met. But they became dear penpiles, the two most famous women hymnists of their age, the former in England and, of course, for Fanny Crosby in America. Habergale once wrote a poem about her American counterpart, Sweet blind singer over the sea, tuneful and jubilant, how can it be? That the songs of gladness which float so far as if they fell from the evening star are the notes of one who may never see, visible music of flower and tree, Oh, her heart can see, her heart can see, and its sight is strong and swift and free. Another of Fanny's dearest friends was Phoebe Knapp. While Fanny lived in the Manhattan slums and worked in rescue missions, Phoebe lived in the Knapp Mansion, a palatial residence in Brooklyn, where she entertained lavishly. And I would like to say that Phoebe's husband was the founder of Metropolitan Life Insurance, so you know that's where she got her money from that, and she lived in a mansion. She was an extravagant dresser with a wardrobe full of elaborate gowns and diamond tiaras. Her music room contained one of the finest collections of instruments in the country, and Fanny was a frequent house guest. One day in 1873, while Fanny was staying at the Knapp mansion, Phoebe said she had a tune she wanted to play. Going to the music room, she sat at the piano and played a new composition of her own while the blind hymnist listened. Fanny immediately clapped her hands and exclaimed, Why, that says, blessed assurance. She quickly composed the words, and a great hymn was born. Many years later, D.L. Moody was preaching in New York at the 23rd Street Dutch Reformed Church. The Moody-Sankey meetings had popularized Fanny Crosby's hymns around the world and had made the blind poetist a household name. But whenever she attended a Moody-Sankey meeting, she refused to be recognized, disavowing acclaim. This day the church was so crowded she could not find a seat anywhere. Moody's son Will, seeing her, offered to find her a seat. To her bewilderment, he led her onto the platform just as the crowd was singing Blessed Assurance. Moody Sr. jumped to his feet, raised his hand, and interrupted the singing. Praise the Lord, he shouted. Here comes the authoress. Fanny took her seat amid thunderous ovation, humbly thanking God for making her a blessing to so many. When Fanny Crosby wrote, All the Way My Savior Leads Me, What Have I to Ask Beside?, she was expressing her own testimony of God's guidance. Even her blindness, she realized, was part of his plan. Fanny was not totally blind. Even in old age, she could discern day from night, but her vision was gone. Yet this stimulated other gifts, such as her phenomenal memory. As a child, well, I told you about that, about her memorizing all that stuff. But whenever she wanted to read a passage, she just turned in her mental Bible and read it verbatim. This holy book, she said when 85, has nurtured my entire life. And that was her memory of the memorization she had done as a young child. Years later, Fanny viewed her blindness as a special gift from God, believing he had given her a particular soul vision which equipped her for a special work. It was the best thing that could have happened to me, she declared. How in the world could I have lived such a helpful life had I not been blind? Don't blame the doctor, Fanny said on another occasion. He is probably dead by this time. But if I could meet him, I would tell him that he unwittingly did me the greatest favor in the world. Though this hymn expressed Fanny Crosby's lifelong testimony, it was prompted by a specific incident in 1874. One day, she didn't have enough money to pay her rent. Just as she committed the matter to God in prayer, a stranger appeared at her door and pressed a $10 bill in her hand before disappearing. It was the very amount needed. That night, she wrote the words to All the Way My Savior Leads Me. And I'll read you the first verse. All the way my Savior leads me, what have I to ask beside? Can I doubt His tender mercy, who through life has been my guide? Heavenly peace, divinest comfort, hereby faith in him to dwell. For I know whate'er befall me, Jesus doeth all things well. And then I'm going to another book that has more hymns. I'm just not going to have time for all these, hy- these wonderful hymns that she wrote. You know, I told you about her friend, Howard Doan, that wrote music. He was a businessman, and when he was about 30 years old, he suffered a heart attack and almost died. As he recovered, he felt that his illness had not been caused by long hours or hard work. He determined that God was chastening him for not devoting more time to gospel music. He began writing music and publishing volumes of Sunday school songs. But he was frustrated because he didn't have quality poems. He needed a gifted and godly lyricist. In 1867, while in New York on business, Doan visited his friend, Dr. W.C. Van Meter, director of Five Points Rescue Mission. Van Meter asked Doan to write a song for the mission's upcoming anniversary. The businessman said he'd be glad to write the music, but who would write the words? Returning to his hotel room, Doan knelt and laid the need before the Lord. At once, there was a knock at the door. It was a messenger from the blind poet, Fanny Crosby, bearing this note. Mr. Doan, I have never met you but I feel impelled to send you this hymn. May God bless it. The words of the poem began, More like Jesus would I be. Let my Savior dwell with me. Doan composed the music that night, and it was used with great success as the anniversary hymn for the Five Points Mission. Thus began a wonderful partnership that produced such hits as I Am Thine, O Lord, Near the Cross, Rescue the Perishing, Safe in the arms of Jesus, Savior, more than life to me. Tis the blessed hour of prayer. Will Jesus find us watching? To God be the glory. And this hymn, Pass Me Not. And Aldone wrote about 2,000 tunes and published some 40 collections of songs. This is Kay's favorite song. That's why I did want to read a little bit of this song to you today. Pass Me Not, O gentle Savior. Hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. Let me at thy throne of mercy. Find a sweet relief. Kneeling there in deep contrition, help my unbelief. Trusting only in thy merit, would I seek thy face. Heal my wounded, broken spirit. Save me by thy grace. Thou, the spring of all my comfort, more than life to me. Whom have I on earth beside thee? Whom in heaven but thee? Saviour, Saviour, hear my humble cry. While on others thou art calling, do not pass me by. I can see that I am not even going to have time to finish up what I was going to say today. So I'm going to have to conclude this message next week. I'm going to read you the words from Blessed Assurance. And my hope for you today is that you have that Blessed Assurance that Fanny Crosby was writing about. If not, I hope you pray today to receive Christ. Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. Heir of salvation, purchase of God, born of his spirit, washed in his blood, perfect submission, perfect delight, visions of rapture now burst on my sight. Angels descending bring from above echoes of mercy, whispers of love, perfect submission, all is at rest. I and my Savior am happy and blessed, watching and waiting, looking above, filled with his goodness, lost in his love. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. And I leave you today with this verse from Romans 12, 12. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, and faithful in prayer. Thank you for listening.
1: Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine Air salvation, purchase of God Born of His Spirit, washed in His blood This is my story, this is my song Praising my Savior all the day long This is my story This is my song Praising my Savior All the day long Perfect submission Perfect delight Visions of rapture Now burst on my side Angels descending Ring from above Echoes of mercy All the day long